Morning Church. Uh, Today we're going to start with Luke chapter 11, starting at verse 1. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, Whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honoured as holy, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not bring us into temptation. He said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because of he is his friend. Yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks a fish, he will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, he will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, It's great to be with you today uh, as we look at the most famous prayer in history. It's the big one from from Jesus, Um, and I suspect most of us know it pretty well. Maybe you grew up saying it, maybe you've you've just probably heard it over and over, and we're pretty familiar with it. And yet, I suspect at the same time, most of us are not 100% satisfied with our prayer lives. Maybe... When you pray, you feel like you're, you're praying with your head, but not your heart. You know, you're trying to say the right words, but, but you're not sure if you really mean them. And, and that's not a nice feeling. Um, and sometimes we, we try to avoid that by not praying at all. Um, if you ever feel like that, you are not alone. And this prayer is for you. And this parable is for you. You see, that's what shameless boldness is all about. It's about bringing the messiness of our lives to God and asking Him to help, asking Him to fix it. God knows our our fickle and our conflicted hearts far better than we do. And yet He tells us, ask, seek, knock. He tells us to come. We are invited to come to our Father in shameless and bold prayer. And He will do His good work in and through us. Let me pray for us now. 
Father, thank you that in our mess, we can come to you with confidence through the death of your son, Jesus. Lord, teach us to pray and help us to ask and long for what is good so that you would be glorified. Amen. Now, as we read the Lord's Prayer, it's helpful to remember that these are precious words, but they're not sort of magic words. Um, as in, we don't only say this prayer in this way. And there's a few reasons for that. Firstly, this isn't the only Lord's Prayer in the Bible. You might, as we heard the reading, you might have been thinking, why are there lines missing? Your will be done, on earth as in heaven, deliver us from evil. Those are classics. Where did they go? Um, this, that Lord's Prayer, probably the more famous one, is from Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and it says Jesus is on a mountain speaking to the disciples and the crowds about a whole lot of things. Um, whereas here in Luke 11, it says Jesus was praying in a certain place. And so that was probably a quiet place, maybe, maybe a quiet mountain. We're not exactly sure. Um, and the disciples ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so you could, you could look at that two ways. It could be that Jesus is teaching a really similar prayer in two different settings. Or it could be possibly the same event being remembered by, by different eyewitnesses, maybe with different things emphasised by the different human authors. But either way, these sort of extra lines in Matthew spell out clearly what is just implied in Luke. And so the meaning of these two Lord's Prayers is fundamentally the same, even when the wording is a little different. The second reason they aren't magic words is that there's hundreds of prayers in the Bible from different people in different situations, and all of these show us how to pray. And thirdly, the Lord's Prayer is a communal prayer. Jesus says, tells us to pray, give us our daily bread, give, forgive us our sins. And so it's designed to be said together as the body of Christ, God's children, to remind and teach one another. And so as we pray this publicly, that's not it. We actually want it to shape the way we think and pray privately. Because Jesus isn't just telling us what to say, he's teaching us how to pray. He's teaching us how to approach God, teaching us what to ask for and long for. Because the Lord's Prayer is so familiar to a lot of us, I think it can be helpful to change the way we look at it, to change the way we approach it. And so what that might look like for you as you pray, you could rewrite it and pray it in your own words. You could pick just one line to pray and meditate on for a day. I've really loved singing the Lord's Prayer at church recently. Uh, the point is that these are precious words from Jesus, but because they're so familiar, looking at them from a new perspective can help us to engage our hearts and minds in prayer. So with that in mind, let's keep reading. Verse 2, Jesus said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father. And we'll stop there. Slow progress. But we need to recognise that from just this one word, Father, that the Lord's Prayer is bold and shameless. We get so used to praying Father or Heavenly Father that sometimes we forget everything that goes along with that. We forget everything that it means. 
we forget that we are walking up to the creator and sustainer of the universe and calling him dad. Now, sure, the, the name father, it recognizes God's authority. It demonstrates that we trust him. But what is so bold and brazen is that we are claiming an intimate family relationship with God. The nerve. On what grounds? We, are, we have all been disobedient and rebellious towards God. And so on our own, we, we cannot hope to stand in his holy presence and live. And so how can we call God Father? Well, we can call God our Father because of God the Son. Galatians 3 tells us, Through faith, you are all children of God in Christ Jesus. Through Jesus, we are adopted. We are brought into God's family. Ephesians 2 says, We who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And Jesus calls us to believe in him and his sacrifice. And here in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus invites us to come to God and call him Father. Now, if, if King Charles walked through the door right now, I'd be surprised, but I'd also be nervous. I'd probably, I'd probably bow and, and, and call him your majesty. Um, but if I was little Prince George, I wouldn't need to do that. Prince George, he can be bold and shameless. I bet he, he just runs right up and, and hugs King Charles and calls him grandpa. Or if he's feeling cheeky, maybe, maybe poppy or, or peepaw. Um, now, I am not brave or stupid enough to try that. And I haven't been invited to try that. But God, who is, who is so much greater than King Charles, he invites us into that intimacy. He invites us to call him Father. Because the Lord's Prayer is a good gift. John Calvin writes, By the great sweetness of this name, Father, he frees us from all distrust. Our Father invites us as well to ask for forgiveness, to seek to come and receive forgiveness for our sins. We don't have to, to plead our case. We don't have to prove that we are worthy. We can just come as we are, like a child, messy and honest. The things God asks us to pray for are good things. We are asking for God to make himself known. We're asking for a good king to come and fix a broken world and broken people. We are asking God to rescue us from temptations which do not satisfy and lead us away from him. We are asking for good things. The Lord's Prayer is a good gift, an invitation, but, but we still find it difficult because it's this, this perfect prayer, and, but we are not perfect and neither is our world. There's this tension. And to, to show you what I mean, I'm, I'm going to say... I'm going to say the opposite of the Lord's Prayer, the opposite. Um, now, when I said put the Lord's Prayer in your own words, this is not what I meant. This is a bad prayer that I'm about to say, and it's designed to make us think, designed to give us a fresh perspective. Here we go. God, make my name great and honoured and known. Give me glory. My kingdom come. I want to rule and be in charge and have power. Don't just give me what I need. Give me what I want when I want it. And I don't want forgiveness. I, I actually just want to keep doing whatever I want. 
And don't try and lead me, because I'm going to run after worldly pleasure and worldly treasure. So that's, that's the opposite of the Lord's Prayer. And what a terrible thing to say to God. We would never say such a thing to God. And yet, we might just think it a little bit sometimes. We might just live it a little bit. You might, you might have heard some of those lines and think, actually, I act a bit like that sometimes. I, I think a bit like that sometimes. It's easy to say the Lord's Prayer. We've said it a lot of times, but it's difficult to live. And that's messy and uncomfortable. No one likes to feel like a hypocrite saying one thing and doing another. And so how should we pray what we struggle to live out? Well, once again, we do it through Jesus. See, we need the one who truly lived and fulfilled and accomplished the Lord's Prayer. We need the perfect Son of God who pleased His Father in heaven, who honoured God as holy by being holy, who brought us into God's kingdom by His blood. We need the one who said, Father, not my will, but yours be done, and then was obedient to death on a cross. We need the bread of life, who trusted His Father's perfect provision in every situation, who forgives sins and even forgave the ones who crucified Him. And we need the one who was tempted in every way, but did not sin. You see, Jesus didn't just teach the Lord's Prayer. He lived it. He lived out what He prayed for. And He didn't just die in our place, but He actually lives in us by His Spirit. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit will live in us. It will work in and through us to make us more like Him. And so by the Spirit, only by the Spirit, we don't just pray the Lord's Prayer, but we live it out. Let's have a look at how we do that, line by line. So the first line, Father, and we'll jump around a little bit. Romans 8 says, The Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. See, through the Spirit, we are adopted as God's children, and we call Him Father. Next line, your name be honoured as holy. Galatians 5 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Through the Spirit, we live holy lives that honour and reflect God's holiness. Next line, your kingdom come. God's kingdom comes in our lives when we live with Jesus as King when we belong to Him. And Romans 8 again says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Next line. And forgive us our sins, for we, also, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. And Galatians 5 says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. See, the Spirit is a sign. It assures us that we are forgiven and set free from sin. It's a seal that guarantees our forgiveness and our future inheritance. And last line, lead us not into temptation. Romans 8, the Spirit helps us in our weakness and the Spirit is our assurance that we belong to Jesus. See, the Spirit is a good gift that God uses to work in and through us for our good and for His glory. 
We looked a lot at Romans 8 and Galatians 5. They paint a wonderful picture of how we are transformed by the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you, if you get a chance, take the time to read both those chapters for yourself. And we don't have time now because we have a parable to read. Um, If you've got your Bibles, open with me to Luke 11, verse 5, and let's read together. Jesus also said to his disciples, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. Now, two two things stand out to me here. The first thing is, once again, shameless boldness. The nerve. This guy's not just asking for bread. He's asking for three loaves. Probably one for his guest and one for him so his guest isn't eating alone. And probably one more to offer the guest so that he can be a gracious and generous host. And he's not just asking for three loaves. He's asking at midnight. Now, his friend probably lives in a a, a one-bedroom house you know, just one big room. And so he can't just turn on the lights. Well, his kids will wake up. But the man asks anyway. He's shamelessly bold. The second point is that the friend who's been woken up, he's pretty grumpy and reluctant. He doesn't really want to say yes. He wants to go back to bed. And so why does he say yes? Verse 8 says, not not because it's his friend, but only because this guy has asked and he feels like he has to. Hospitality was a big part of first century Jewish culture. If someone asks you for food, you you don't say no. And it's a bit like that today, but maybe the equivalent for us is a tradie who's working on your house and he asks to use your bathroom. Now, even if you want to... You can't really say no. We don't do that. Um, Now, a a friend of a friend of mine, let's call him John, um, is a paramedic in London. And one day he gets called to Buckingham Palace. Maybe with with King Charles. Um, Anyway, and someone had climbed over the fence and then broke their leg on the way down. And so John gets to drive the ambulance through the gates into the garden of Buckingham Palace. Now, John... He's feeling shamelessly bold. And so he thinks, oh, why not? He asks the guard if he can use the bathroom. Now, John doesn't actually need the bathroom. He just wants to have a look inside Buckingham Palace because you can't just waltz on in, but he's, he's got this golden opportunity. And the guard says, sorry, sir, authorised personnel only. And, you know, he's got the big, black, fluffy hat. Um, and, and John says, please, I'm, I'm, I'm busting. The guard goes, oh. Fine. And so he gets to go inside Buckingham Palace. The guard takes him in and he gets to, it's probably the guest bathroom, but it's still pretty fancy. It's a pretty nice bathroom and, and he's inside Buckingham Palace. Now, it's because of his shameless boldness that the guard says yes. Okay? He's not, he's not authorised personnel. He's shamelessly bold. Now, who in these stories, who is God? Is God reluctantly answering our prayers? Is he annoyed 
at being disturbed? Not at all. Not one bit. Because this is one of those how much more parables. Okay, we've got, we've got a, a, a sort of lowly story and then how much greater is God? And so even a grumpy, tired dad in the middle of the night will give his friend three loaves of bread. Even an uptight guard will let you use the bathroom if you ask boldly. And so how much more, how much more surely, how much more joyfully will God answer the prayers of us, his adopted children? Verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. He says over and over again, come. God wants to answer our prayers. He doesn't want us to hide in shame. He wants us to come to him, childlike and messy and honest, to tell him what's on our minds and hearts. And out of his love and generosity... God actually wants us to ask for good things. He wants us to ask for good gifts because he wants to give us good gifts. And so let's look at the last story, a father and son. Verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? The answer to this question, you know, which father would do this, is none. Jesus says even a bad parent wouldn't give their child something poisonous when they ask for good food to eat. And so once again, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now these two short parables tell us two wonderful things. Firstly, God wants us to come to Him in prayer and ask Him for what we need. And secondly, God wants to give us good gifts. And those wonderful truths explain why Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. Jesus knows our mess, but he invites us to come to God in prayer, to call him Father. And he gives us the Lord's Prayer because there is nothing greater to ask for and nothing greater that he can give us. And he does this work through the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. To help us figure out what this looks like practically in our prayer life, I want to show us an image from Paul Miller's book, A Praying Life. Now, the whole book is fantastic. I encourage you to read it or reread it. Um, And I think he captures the idea of childlike dependence really well, of bringing our whole life before God in all its mess. And so this picture shows us two dangers when it comes to praying. Um, The first one is not asking. Maybe you think God actually can't answer your prayers or doesn't want to. Or maybe you feel like, like the things that on your heart aren't things you should be praying for, you're ashamed. As we heard today, God wants you to come. He invites you. Bring it all to Him. Tell Him what's on your heart and mind, even if it feels silly or wrong. But as you pray these things, pray the Lord's Prayer with them as well. Submit your desires to God's good plan and God's good rule and trust Him to answer you in a way that is good. Now, the other danger on the other side of this narrow road is selfish prayer, is is demanding that God does what we want 
We all face that temptation. We want to ask for what we want. And, you know, God knows our hearts, of course, and still He calls us to pray openly and honestly. He doesn't want fake prayers. He wants messy, shameless boldness. But He also wants to give you better gifts, better gifts than what you might be asking for. And so as you come with your requests, pray the Lord's Prayer as well. Submit your desires to your Heavenly Father's perfect rule and perfect provision. And ask God for the good gift of the Holy Spirit. Ask God for the power and presence of God dwelling in you. Come to our Father in shameless and bold prayer, and He will do His good work in and through us. I'm going to give us some time now to pray and reflect silently. So the Lord's Prayer will be up on the screen, and you might like to pray and reflect on some parts of that. Um, And then in a couple of minutes, I'll call us back, uh, and we are going to pray the Lord's Prayer together to finish. Um, We're going to pray this version on the screen, perhaps not the one you're used to praying. So let's spend some time now in individual prayer and I'll I'll call us back together. Let's pray together now. Father, your name be honoured as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not bring us into temptation. Amen.